Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little-Sani, and I'm the Youth Minister. I'm Jackie Pippen, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. And Jackie's still here with us. Woohoo! Three weeks in a row. Look at that. <laughs> what a vacation. How does one get this much time off? It's great. Right. You just don't have a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are back here in the season after Pentecost, uh, the week of Sunday, June 23rd. And now we're back into the ordinary time season of having the Sundays listed as propers. So Nailed for it. you long-time listeners <laughs> that remember last year, uh, the season between Pentecost and Advent, we referred to those Sundays as propers and then numbers. So today is proper seven, or this week is proper seven, the second Sunday after Pentecost. And we are going to get into Luke's gospel now uh, in this season of ordinary time or the season after Pentecost because it is year C, so it's Luke's year. So we are done with John, and we've pretty much traversed the entirety of the second half of John's gospel, it seems like. The whole farewell discourse, we jumped around and heard every single part of it. So we have sufficiently saturated our minds with John, Johannine literature and thought. Mm-hmm. You sound Don't a little you anti-John. So? I'm not. I'm just, you know, just, when you have You're excited for Luke? I'm excited week. because there's just such a difference talking about, there's like a stark contrast between talking about Jesus's dialogue to his disciples at the end of John's gospel and a story about Jesus interacting with people, mm. you know? So like today is a story from about Jesus from the gospel of Luke, not like a one way dialogue mm-hmm. between Jesus and his disciples. So it's just a nice change of pace. So that's good. Yeah. It's like if you had pizza every day of, of the week for like six weeks. Right. You'd get, it's not you'd that really, you don't like pizza. You'd just be really excited to have a sandwich. Sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. Every once in a while. Just like pizza is. Um, but definitely eat your vegetables. You know, I think that's the main <laughs> takeaway from today's <laughs> podcast. But Jesus is love and eat your vegetables. Exactly. So, uh, we're going to get into this gospel uh, for Proper 7 from Luke chapter 8. If you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of either faith discussions with your family or friends or reflections from your week of faith, we'd love to hear about them. You can send those to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can contact us through our website where you can also find a whole bunch of resources to use in those faith discussions, www.myfaith2go.org, or you can follow us and direct message us through Instagram at faith2go. Very straightforward. Just pretty much faith to go and then the thing that you're going to. Website, email address, Instagram. Um, just good branding. Very <laughs> comprehensive. So Jackie is going to read the gospel, which is Luke 8, 26 to 39. And then we're each going to take some time to highlight a point that we hope you take into your week of reflection or discussion on faith. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. 
For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out from the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home, and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. All right. Change of pace from John. You know, less pronouns, less prepositions. Less the same sentence repeated (laughs) six ways. Yeah. Narrative, you know, has rising action. Proper nouns. Ending. Transitions. Um, All right. So that's that's a long gospel reading. It's about 13 verses, but it is one complete story from this eighth chapter of Luke. So... Just for some context, this is right in the middle of Jesus' ministry in Luke. He's up in Galilee, which is uh, north of Jerusalem, where Nazareth is. And uh, he is across the Sea of Galilee, so he's in a different region than Galilee, which is like a region of towns. And so he's in like a non-Jewish region. Um, And so Luke doesn't play a lot on the on the fact that he's in a non-Jewish place in terms of his like the, his communication and dialogue with the people there but it might be something uh, to think about with the fact that they have pigs and big herds of pigs and you know there's no eating of of uh, pork or any kind of pig products in Judaism touching them yeah touching them they're unclean so that that's an indication one indication that he's in a in a a non-Jewish place. Uh, also, just in general context, he's kind of been doing some, he's called the disciples, he's been doing teaching and healings, and he did that whole blessings and woes thing in chapter 6. He's been moving around the region of Galilee, teaching and preaching and healing, and now he is here. So this is just another story in, in, a, long, in a line of stories and parables and things like that in Luke's gospel in the narrative of Jesus' ministry. So, I have the first point. Yay! Speaking of refreshing changes. 
Uh, so my point, uh, the thing that the thing that caught my eye in reading this the gospel today was um, that. Let's see. It's it's verse thirty five. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So, I'm just I was really struck by that ter- the just the phrase in his right mind that like that that is the emphasis that Luke is putting on this he- the like aftermath and the product of this healing that there's something there's something about the the Greek word that is translated in his right mind as like a like a balanced mind of like balancing you know the the things that are in our heads the like voices that are going on and so i had a spiritual director in seminary who would talk about when I would talk about like when I would share my experiences of like having like voices of self doubt and like inner criticism and negative self talk or or like thinking that I wasn't capable of doing something or good enough to do something, he would refer to those as demonic, not in the way of like having evil in them, but just in the way of them kind of like populating my con like that these thoughts like populate our consciousness all the time. We all have negative thoughts about ourselves, about our abilities, about the things we can and can't do. A lot of the time, you know, there's just this inner critic that is working all the time and, and really constantly multiplying, you know? And so I, it's kind of like becomes this chorus or if you will, a legion of, you know, demonic voices, demonic, just in the fact that they are, they are not real. <laughs> they're like, they're illusory. They're working uh, against our own well-being, and they have no kind of like basis in reality. And so, I just love this. The I just like reading this story through that lens, like thinking about the ways that these those like voices of inner criticism and self-hate and frustration with ourselves and self-doubt. They do the things, they manifest themselves emotionally and spiritually in the ways that they manifest themselves physically with this man in this story. Like they drive him to a place that is far away from community and they like separate him from his self and his ability to do what he is called to do and from relationship with other people and it it isolates him. And those are all things that I found to be true in my own experience when like I'm really like spiraling emotion mentally because my my brain like feeds this fixation so that it's like just a just like a vicious cycle of negative self-talk that never gets me anywhere it just keeps being painful and it binds me up and makes it so i can't like move forward and so i just i love that idea that that the way that jesus that one of the ways jesus it jesus is healing is that Jesus like brings us back to the grace. Like it takes a a grace of God breaking into that cycle to break the cycle. And so the grace of God here is Jesus's presence with this man and, and his ability to like discern those demonic voices and know what is true. Like we've been talking about the spirit of truth with John for weeks now. And this is like the spirit of truth that Jesus brings. And we have this spirit of truth in us that we can know 
what is our real, true, revealed thoughts and what are those like negative thoughts that can kind of be that that like a grace of God can remove from us when we become present. So that the the end product is that this guy is like sitting there in his like balanced, clear, quiet mind, present with Jesus, just sitting at his feet. So And I think um, after he was healed, that goes into my point, talking about what Jesus tells him to do, because he does sit um, for some time with Jesus quietly in his right mind. And then from there, you know, it's, well, what I, what ought I do now? And, you know, this man has just, you know, healed him and saved him. So I suppose a natural response would be like, can I, can I roll with you, you know, kind of cut my ties back home <laughs> <laughs> with the whole smashing stones and like smashing chains, you know. Don't, don't have a lot going for me over there. Yeah. And instead, Jesus thinks that, or asserts, I guess, the best way to, I guess, be transformative for other people is to go and proclaim what Jesus has done for them and not necessarily just to be with Jesus. So it's kind of uh, physically. And I, I think it just speaks to the power of, like, communicating our own stories and I guess what would be called testimony of the transformative work and how Jesus has changed our lives. And even if it's not something super dramatic, right? Like sometimes you'll hear these stories that you might not identify with, right? Maybe you were never in a place that was like just noticeable. I mean, we've all had like been through rough times, but maybe you've never been in a place where you've heard of, like, wow, that's rough, you know? Um, just you wait. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> but it's more of like, I would, ex- I would, I don't know. I think it's good to notice in the time that I've been aware of God and I've, I guess, had this, been on this journey of faith. Like I've noticed things like my, my heart is so much softer now and so much more open. Um, everything is just softer, you know, like pain and suffering but also like the highs of life right just everything is softer and quieter and slower and more abundant and satisfying and so I would just invite everyone to kind of like notice how what how in your journey of faith things have changed I'm also a lot more aware of how um the I guess more conscious of how even the smallest things that I guess would be somewhat innocuous uh, in our like society, like like speak like uh, speaking badly of someone, you know, um, I guess like no, it doesn't matter if you know they don't know about it, and it's you know I'm I'm aware of how like even words have power when no one's listening and stuff. So like these things that I didn't know, like I didn't think of before. So like being a Christian can be not a Christian, just I guess a person a person that's in touch with their conscience and in touch with God. And like that can be really transformative, especially with people that have been there with us and have seen that transformation. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that leads into my point of like, where do we see that transformation in our daily lives? Mm-hmm. And so every day when we're going through our normal routines and our ordinary life, how do we see God's power? And I think that that really brings us to the last verse Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. You know, when I think of my 
days, how often am I every day declaring what God has done for me that day? And the notion of declare, to really say it and honor it, you know, I think is an important life practice, but also something that we might not make time for in our daily life when we have financial pressures or schoolwork or work work and when we have relationships that we have to deal with or fix or mend and so how do we in those moments in those times when it feels like everything else is vying for our attention set aside time for the healing and salvation that Christ offers us which which seems like the thing that we want to choose like you want to choose the healing and salvation But at the same time, our days are so full and so busy and we have a lot of things to do and we have a lot of things going and we're trying to make it to bedtime and we're just trying to survive till the next day. How do we stop and take time to be present like David talked about and to honor God and to really declare where God has been in that day for us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also doesn't... If it was, like you're saying, like if it was as simple as saying, oh, well, would you like to do your normal, boring, everyday routine or be saved by God today? <laughs> then, you know, if the if that if that second option was like, if we could, the problem is that that second option isn't that easy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a thing, like whatever salvation really ends up meaning in truth and in its eternal form. I don't know what that I don't know exactly what that is but like the thing that I've experienced the most about what Jesus when Jesus talks about salvation in the gospels when the bible talks about salvation the thing that I've experienced is healing like that salvation isn't this thing that like sucks you up out of your regular life and makes everything better mm-hmm. but it's like this slow burn like a slow journey it's like it's not like this crazy fire. It's much like a soft glow. Kind of like you're talking about, Maya. You know, it's like it takes, it will take your entire life. And and it's not a, like, it's not a, rem, like, removing myself from the world of experience, but, like, f- experiencing God in every experience. Yeah. And that takes forever. And and really never end up, ends up happening probably, <laughs> but can like grow, we'll find out. but can be cultivated in us, right? You know, in that way of being present, you know, being present with what is actually going on, mm-hmm. not not waiting for. It's not like the it's not like the the quantity of experience or like the next thing that's gonna be the thing that makes me better. It's like my quality of being present in every experience that is going to be healing and, like, bring me back to my right mind like this guy. Right. You know, and it's going to be healing. And so that was one thing I was thinking. And the other thing is, like, this idea of, like, sharing, return to your home, declare how much God has done for you. That is, that, that is evangelism. And evangelism not in a way of, like, go home and make me more followers. No. But it's like, just say what is true for you. Mm. Like that is, a, you know, that is, that is the, the most authentic way of doing evangelism, just sharing what has been true in your experience of God and what has been true in your own journey of 
spirituality and of healing and what it means to you for Jesus to be healing, what it means for you to experience whatever demons or demonic voices might be, you know, like what has been true for me? What were you going to say? That that man can't say, you know, to his great aunt, oh, so you know how you were in the tombs cutting yourself with stones and wailing and like we're crazy? And she's going to say, no, that was you. <laughs> you know, we can only speak from exactly what you said. Like, it's not a one-size-fits-all type salvation. It's Jesus meets us, the Holy Spirit, and God encounters us in a very, very personal healing in very specific way. So whereas I can speak about how God has transformed me in my life, I can't be like, oh, and if you're also dealing with a similar problem, it will be solved the exact same way if you believe in Jesus. And I think that's can it's often prescribed as some sort of like panacea, you know, it's just believing in Jesus and then you're good, you know. Okay, so that's three points. Three points again. Uh, number one was mine. Every time I go first, it feels like it was so long ago. <laughs> Number one was mine. Welcome to my life. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I spoke this time. <laughs> Number one was mine, and it was about that, you know, this this story of the Gerasene demoniac in Luke being kind of like a, a, a metaphor for our, our own kind of interior life, and especially in our, like, mind space. Uh, those voices that can hurt us and cause us pain and the way that becoming present and having that grace of God break in like Jesus does can be so healing and bring us to our right mind. Number two was Maya's, and it was about sharing the ways that we have experienced God in our lives. And number three was Jackie's, and it was be, uh, about you know slowly and courageously be, in that presence becoming aware of how God is working in our lives in order to be able to to declare it. So, that's three points. Uh, and after hearing that discussion, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out from the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission, and the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds heard what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into a boat and returned. 
The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week again. We are, we'll be back next week uh, for Proper 8 in Year C, uh, the week of June 30th. Make sure to check out all of the faith to go resources on our website, www.myfaith2go.org. If you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection, please share those with us either through email, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can direct message us through Instagram at faith2go or through the website. And make sure to go rate and review this podcast. And until next time, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.